should treat the anointing of God or rather the anointed of God so when we, we, we look um, we read in the book of second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 1 we find that um, a story about how David was coming from the battle with the, the Amalekites and, and then he was being told that um, by some some uh, messenger that uh, the king Saul and Jonathan had been killed and then how he reacted even if Saul had been a, a, a sort of a wicked uh, person or uh, a wicked individual a wicked a wicked f- uh, figure in David's life since he wanted to um, destroy him like all along their life had been a, a, a battling life where that where he David was always running uh, from from uh, this same man uh, the king Saul, but he had respect in his heart from the heart of hearts of David. You could tell that Saul was still someone deep in his in in his um, in his life how he viewed him how he perceived him he never saw that it's he never had any evil evil plans or evil thoughts against him looking at the fact that even once when he had been given a chance to kill him because he had caught him without knowing he was sleeping and he would have him killed because that time he was unaware he was he, he was unconscious of anything around him and he didn't um, take the, the that advantage to kill him while he was asleep so it means it didn't matter how evil how wicked Saul King Saul had been to David David always viewed him as someone big and we see this in um, in verses uh, 16 there we see how he reacted to how David the king reacted to the messenger uh, that had brought him the bad tidings that Saul and, and his son Jonathan had been killed he reacted to him in a way that shows us how that no matter how wicked uh, someone may be as long as they have the anointing of God in their life and you know that they had been anointed or are anointed for something it doesn't matter how they may be or how they may live their lives that doesn't concern you but always respect them as the anointed of God for we see that in Romans 11 29 that the giftings and the callings of God are without uh, repentance they cannot be revoked it means God can never revoke what he has called you to be even if you may be weird or act weird or funny in your life later on after he had called you to be a great man of God we should never stop thinking or seeing you as that anointed one it doesn't matter how you may uh, live a funny life or do wicked things and stuff but as long as you are the man of God we we all know that you are and maybe you change later on that's not none of our business to deal with but we should always respect that person as the man of God so this time around David uh, asked him uh, asked the messenger how how dare you kill the anointed of God weren't you afraid 
You see, we know, we learned that in the story uh, of, of David and Saul, let alone that um, earlier, in the earlier verses of, of chapter 1 of Samuel, uh, not chapter 1, uh, the, 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 the first book of Samuel, we learned that the Spirit of the Lord had left him, had left Saul after he had uh, not done as according to what God had uh, asked him to do after some battle and all. But then, even after the Spirit of the Lord leaving Saul, still he remained as the anointed God to David. It means it doesn't matter how funny someone may, may act, if you know that they're the anointed of God, don't ever do or think or want to plot any evil things against them because they're still the Lord's anointed. You just need God to deal with them, pray for them, but never judge them, never judge them, never never do any evil against them, never never plot any evil against them. Yeah. So the anointing of God can never be revoked. In this age, we know, in this time around, this dispensation, according to Romans 11, 29, we learned that the gifting and the the giftings and the callings of God can they, they cannot be uh, revoked. They, he he cannot repent for calling you uh, a prophet or an apostle, even if you may be funny. Those gifts still abide with you, but you may have lost the relationship with God, which is important as well. But that is none of our business. We don't need to judge a man of God because he's done something funny. No, we let him be dealt with God because that's none of our business. We did not call him and we should not be the ones to judge him. We just pray for him. So that told me something that uh, we should never, never take for granted what um, is important to God, what is important to the man that who has the heart of God is that no matter what, he still beheld Saul as as the anointed of God. And that's why he, he, he never tried to do anything funny against him. So um, we we should also carry this in our hearts and um, in our minds that no matter how funny someone may be, as long as we know them to be the anointed of God or the called of God or whatever they may be, but as a figure that we know that they are of God, it doesn't matter what they may do that is funny, we just pray for them, that's all we can do, but we can never raise a tongue against them because that still abide that they are still the anointed of God so um thank you hello again um I would like to share about something called um well uh, something about the word um I don't know um how do how do you treat the word that is preached to you um maybe that that could be what we're gonna be talking about yeah so um in the book of uh first corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 the whole book the whole chapter is interesting the whole chapter you should read if you haven't read it but what i want us to um to talk about today what i want to share today is about um how the word that is preached or the word that we study on our own like by ourselves, how we treat it, how we take it. So in that first chapter, first verse, sorry, um, we see that Paul was addressing the, the Corinth church or the church of Corinth. So um, he spoke something, he said something uh, in that first verse 
of chapter 15 and it was really it, it, it really touched my heart because I understood something beautiful so he said that um he was uh, reminding them or he was speaking speaking the message over over them again um uh, and and he was saying he believed that when he had proclaimed that same message the word of god um that they had um they, they lived their lives on it they took it as their own and and then that's what that verse says uh, verse 1 of chapter 15 first corinthians in um the message version that when they received it when the message was proclaimed what happened they took it as their own you, you understand and then what happened afterwards they they took a stand um on that word it means when the word of god is preached how do you treat it do you just hear it and um just rejoice and get out of of service and go and about with your life and you know uh, like nothing happened like you heard nothing how do you treat the word whether it's 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 what is being preached to you or what you have heard directly from god as you're studying the word because we understand in romans uh, uh 10 uh 17 that faith then that it cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god what does that mean it means as you're studying in 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 your own uh closet as you're studying the word in your own uh separate time in your own solitude moments as you're studying the word he speaks to you when you open his word he speaks the word speaks and that's why faith comes it comes because you've heard and you had who you had the word speaking so the word speaks there's the voice of the word and that is the holy spirit that is why he comes to dwell in every man that receives the word that receives Christ because Christ is the word of god we understand that in john 11 so uh as you're studying the word as you 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 are allowing god to speak to you because when you open the word he will speak when you attend to the word he will speak so as as you're listening in as he speaks to you how do you treat what he has spoken to you do you just think these are letters or that paul was writing to these old churches and that 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 doesn't have to do anything with you or how do you treat it that's really important that's really key because you see we we learned that um uh from this ver- uh, verse we have just read that they they just didn't hear the word proclaimed no as it was being proclaimed unto them what happened they took it as their own so when the word is being preached take it as your own take it as your own don't think it's 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 for the years past that it 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 was addressing to those people that were of old it doesn't have to do anything with you know god's word is present and it's timely and it it never fades it never fades you should understand so take it as yours take it as yours bet your life on it if it says something believe it and trust that it is a soul it doesn't matter whether you look like um it's not true or 
everyone else around you doesn't say the same. Listen, if you have chosen the the way of believing God, of believing and receiving His Son in your life as your Lord and Savior, it means you are gonna live like that forever, go, uh, for, for 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 good. Because the Bible says in Second Corinthians five seven that the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. So every other day you're believing. The day you stop believing, you die. So uh, let that word you're studying or the word you've heard being preached on a sermon, treat it as it deserves to be treated. It's the word of God. Treat it as your own. Take it personal. Don't just think it addressed to the people in the Bible they're talking about. No, take it as your own. If you want it to have... To, to have effect on you or in your life, take it as your own. But then what next? You 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 make it your stand. Stand on the word. Because you have taken it as your own, it means you have no other standing ground but the word. It means you trust your whole life on it. It means you bet your whole life on it. It means things may break around you, but as long as the word says otherwise, as long as the word promises you that he will never forsake you, you you will know that he is with you even in that moment where things are broken around you and everything and people are leaving you and everything. You understand? Because the word has said so, you take your stand on it, you 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 live on it, you rely on it because you have taken it as your own. You've taken it personal. It ceased to just be a letter to the Corinth church, but it it became a letter to you, right? To you personally. So that is what um, uh, I felt like sharing as I was studying the word. That's, that, that's what popped into my mind. And as I'm continuing to study it, and I hope you also keep studying it because uh, it is a lot. There's a lot that God has for us. So thank you. Thank you. Hello. Um, uh, today I'd like to share something from the book of 2 Peter 1, 4. And it reads, 2 Peter 1, 4, it reads, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world in the world through lust oh something big there you see he says uh peter was writing and and he said whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises why full colon means it explains why the previous words were said by peter why were we given exceeding great and precious promises by God. Why? Full colon. Then on he says that by these great and precious promises ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. You see, we, we, we understand here that we were given the great and precious promises by God so that we might be partakers of the divine nature. <laughs> you see, without these promises, these great and precious promises, 
we can't be able to partake to work as partakers to to become or to to live as partakers of the divine nature for instance the bible says that um in mark 16 um 17 to 18 i guess something like that speaks of how we shall cast out demons how we shall um tread on serpents how we shall the believers how they will cast out demons uh, i mean um uh, lay hands on the sick and they shall be made well all that is 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 a promise made to the believers what shall follow them isn't it that's a promise what was it given that we shall drink deadly things and we we won't die we, we won't be harmed another one in um isaiah 50 uh, isaiah something in 54 verse 17 says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper why does that those are great promises why were they given unto us so that we might be partakers of the divine nature the divine nature is a nature of god is the nature of god the godly nature we cannot as believers as new creatures we cannot walk this salvation life without having to um without having to carry and um walking with this divine nature or to live in the divine nature as, as people with the divine nature we need a certain nature different from the people that are you know isn't it for you to be called a new creature it means you have uh, it means you have you have something different you're new it means you're new something is different about you what's that that's the nature you've carried the nature you've taken on is the nature of God. It's the divine nature. So we cannot, as people, as as creatures, as new creatures, we cannot function as we ought without having these promises given unto us. That's why these promises were given unto us. Promises that by His stripes we were healed. We. No, that's not actually a promise. That's not a promise. That that's something. That that is a, a statement. Truth of truth but an, another example is that um for example the the one of we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and all that we shall cast out demons and they shall leave that's a promise to the believers and um for example uh the one that says that none shall that none shall be sick none shall say that i am sick in zion isn't it that's a promise um uh none shall lack their mates you shouldn't be battling with uh, wanting to, uh, I mean, uh, lack of uh, a net or praying to God about um, giving you a husband or spouse or a, a wife. That shouldn't be even an, an issue, right? Because it's a promise, right? It's made to you and it's given to you. And now he says great and precious promises. See? They are great and precious promises that we were given. Why were we given? That's the main thing. Why were we given this? That we might be partakers of the divine nature. So those promises that God has made to us in his work is just so that we can walk and function in the divine nature. Protect, be partakers. It means to be one, to to participate, to take 
to 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 be a part of something. We are part of the divine nature. We it, it is in us. We 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 function in it. Why? Because uh, we are sons of God by the reason of having received Christ. So having received Christ made us new creatures, protectors of the divine nature. But we cannot function in that divine nature without those promises given unto us because we are living on earth where things are different. So we need those promises to enable us to walk in that divine nature and respect. The godly nature says that they can't can't fall sick. If we don't we don't get sick. We, we can we can get sick and die and stuff. That's not our that's not our portion. But how do we ex- from what from whence do we understand or pick that from and walk in it? From his word, his promises in his word. Isn't it? his promises are his word to us. So today I just felt like we needed to understand the importance of why those great and precious promises were given us as Peter was saying that we might become partakers. We might be partakers of the, of the divine nature. Understand? We yes, we carry the divine nature, but we cannot be partakers of it. We cannot function in it without the knowledge of those promises given unto us. They are for us so that we may function as God's children, as we ought, in the divine nature, as we ought. So let's just understand from today on the importance of those promises. When we see something in the world, God promising us something, anything. He says we shall lend to nations. He says we shall not lack. We shall lend to nations, but we shall not borrow. That's a promise. It allows us to function in the divine nature of freedom, uh, financial freedom, isn't it? That's, that's of the nature of, of God, isn't it? None shall say that they are sick in, in Zion. None shall say they are sick in Isaiah, something like that. It's sick. What does that mean? It means divine nature, people, those that are of God can force So stay blessed. <laughs> there is more, but stay blessed. Thank you. Yeah, hello again. Um, I would like to share something about the resurrection. So I, w- I would like us to understand something. Uh, uh, what what does resurrection mean? The importance of res- resurrection uh, I mean of understanding resurrection what did it do or what does it mean to a believer here in the book of first Corinthians chapter 15 Paul was saying something big he said uh, verses 17 of chapter 15 he said and if Christ has not been raised your faith is mere delusion if Christ has not been resurrected, your faith is mere delusion. Another word for delusion, futile, fruitless. Why? Because you're still in your sins under the control and penalty of sin. Why is is your faith delusion a mere delusion? 
if Christ has not been raised or resurrected because you're still living in sin. So meaning, Christ died, number one, for what? He died so that he could take the place and pay the price that we owed. Uh, we, we, we were we were un- living under the, the 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 bondage or the law or we were we were not free men we were under sin the sin that came in by adam you know we became sinners because of one man isn't it that's what romans 5 says but then he died so that he could um take upon because the bible says cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree he took the curse because the wages of sin is death. We were meant to die. We were meant to. Uh, we, 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 we were heading for that. But then when he died, he died because he so loved, for God so loved the world. So he, because God so loved the world, he saw that the best thing to do to show his love to us is to take up our place. Instead of us dying, he died so that he can pay for. Um, pay in our place for uh, the price to sin uh, the debt of sin you know what we owed you know sin so that we have no more transactions with sin but then what happened when he was again you know if he would have stayed in the grave what <laughs> if he had stayed in the grave he would, we would still be remembering yes he died was a good man he died for but there is nothing there is nothing that resurrection is the evidence of the victory that we carry you know because the bible says in in romans 8 that uh talks about the spirit that raised christ you know from the dead reigns or lives in us if we had not seen such a thing, Christ being raised from the dead. It means we would not have received the power to live in the newness of life. You understand? It's like baking bread halfway. That's it. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, we would not have been freed from sin to live a free life today experience the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now we have power to 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 to, to walk in the God ordained life, to walk in the God life, the God kind of life, the life that has no that knows no limits. Where you can call back the dead and they resurrect. Where you can pray for the sick and they you know they recover. Where you, you you can cast out demons and they flee, you know, as in Mark 16, 17 to um, 18, you know. But we, with no resurrection, there's no freedom from sin. It means if Christ had not resurrected, we would still be. Yes, he 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 would have died. Yes, but it's not like the debt could be. The debt was paid when he died, but for us to live, to freely live in that life of freedom from sin, it would not be so. 
You understand? That's why Paul says in verse 17 that we would still be in living in sin. Why? He says your your faith is mere delusion. If Christ did, did was not raised, your faith would be mere delusion. It would be fake. It would be it would be like meaning nothing, amounting to nothing. You understand? Because everything the life of a believer revolves and returns around the resurrection life of Christ that, that is where power power is the same power we saw that raised Christ from the dead it means it, it is the power in us to live in the newness of life it is the power in us to, to cause us to see, to speak, to think to do the miraculous to live the God kind of life that is the power in us that is the ability in us that does the impossible with no resurrection it means there's no power and freedom from sin it means you're still bound someone paid but you have no power to walk in the freedom you see if there's no resurrection, it means you're still living in sin. Because yes, they died for you, but there's no help. There's no power. There's no ability available to you to walk in. You're the same. You understand? So Christ's resurrection meant that the opposite of this scripture, verse 17. It means because you raised, it means now our faith is real, is true. And it also means that we are no more living in our sins hallelujah glory to god it means we are free from sin and we are not living in our sins anymore that's why the bible says in in first john 3 9 that if whatsoever is born of god cannot sin cannot sin cannot habitually sin it means it's no longer something that overtakes us no we could we are above it we're above it we're about it. So, glory to God. Thank God for the resurrection of Christ. Thank God that we are no more bound by sin. We're no more under sin. We are now free from sin. We no longer live under sin, but we are free. So, thank you, Lord. Yeah, bless God. Mm-hmm.